This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotlela. Dumela Gary and Dumela to our podcasters and our guest today. Last week, the Johannesburg High Court ruled on the issue of hitting your child as a form of discipline. This decision has caused a hell of a lot of controversy and millions of parents strongly believe that a moderate smack done with love is in the best interests of their children while others hold a, a very opposing view. From now, you will need to think twice before you hit your kid. If you really want to hit something... Interesting song. <laughs> Today, all roads lead to Cliff Central, and to oh, yes. get this show on the road and joining us in studio is attorney Martin Hood, specialist in criminal law. Welcome to you, Martin. Hi, Gary. Afternoon, everyone. We're also going to be, t- during the show, taking questions from our collaborative partner, Legal Talk South Africa, who have over 133,000 members on their Facebook page. And uh, please, if you would like to have a look at our Facebook page, it's The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. If you'd have a look and give us a like, please. And Lions, you want to give out our Twitter handle? It's at Hertzlaw, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. That's where you can actually touch base with us on Twitter. Martin has spent hours and hours looking at the latest court decision. It comes from the South Gateng High Court, Johannesburg, which we refer to as the Johannesburg High Court. It's a case... Uh, that came out a week or so ago that gives rise to the law changing. Uh, Mart, I'm going to ask you to outline the facts of the father who was charged with assaulting his 13-year-old son. Thanks, Gary. Um, Very simply, the father came into a bedroom. Uh, He saw his young child uh, using an iPad. He believed that the child was uh, viewing pornography. Uh, He tried to stop the child, there was a discussion, and then he decided to, to chastise, chastise the child by hitting him. Uh, it w- didn't happen once, it happened several times. And uh, then there was a further altercation with the wife, which uh, it was alleged he assaulted the wife. And then as a result of those two assaults, the child went to the police and laid a charge. The father was charged with assault. He went to court and he raised what was Theoretically, up until this particular court case, um, the defense of, of, of reasonable or justifiable chastisement of a child. So in other words, the defense raised was as a parent, um, because I am responsible for the disciplining, the upbringing, the um, making of a child into an adult, I have a right to um, chastise my child, to, to hit my child. I, I don't even like the word hit, I must say. Mm. Um, I have a right to discipline my child with physical means. I think what would also upset the father was he said his child was lying to him. 
He asked the child, are you watching porn? And the kid denied it. And the father believed he was lying. And that, that was also an issue. It was forbidden in terms of his religion for his child to watch porn or for him. And I think that got him going as well. Well, well what's interesting, Gary, yes, I think those are, I think those are background factors. But yep. when it comes to assessing the judgment um, and taking a principle out of the judgment, those are not relevant. And I say that for the, for very simply the following reasons. Um, the Children's Act, and that's why I said theoretically the defense existed. I, my view is that as soon as the Children's Act was promulgated, where it made it an offense to, to assault a child, that, um, that right to chastise your child, to give reasonable punishment, automatically was fallen away because we have a principle in our law that, um, number one, the most recent legislation will obviously um, supersede or usurp any prior legislation. And if uh, a statute amends the common law, then it's, or if it's in conflict with the common law, it's deemed to amend the common law to the extent of that conflict. So in other words, as soon as the Children's Act made it an, uh, an offense to be an assault on a child, mm. that right was automatically taken away. So let's get into the law a little later, deeper. Let's just give a few facts, Mart. In the, in the trial court, when this matter was heard originally, he was convicted of assault and he was given a, a sentence uh, which is called a postponement of sentence. In other words, the court said, I'm going to postpone your sentence for a period of five years. What, in effect, does that mean, postponing a sentence for five years? So there's two issues. The first issue is, does he have a criminal conviction or not? Yes. And the answer is yes. yes. But the court has a discretion to decide on what is an appropriate punishment. And in this instance, it invoked a certain provision of the Criminal Procedure Act where it decided to postpone sentence. So the father was convicted, but he was not sentenced at that point. And uh, without having had a look at the entire criminal file, mm. um, what I'm about to say is an assumption, but I assume that there was a social worker's report that said that um, he's a good father. It was a, a, a momentary lapse of responsibility, etc. And um, there was a need because the family was in the process, the parents were in the process of getting divorced. Mm. Um, it was probably recommended that it would not be appropriate um, to sentence the father at that stage because of the situation that the um, the family found itself in. And it may have, may have also aggravated mm. the, the circumstances of the divorce and it may have also negatively impacted on the ability of the father and son to reconcile together. What is what did the son say that the father did to him? Did he give him a smack on the buttocks? Did he beat him up? What the, did, the, there was a dispute of fact um, in, in the trial proceedings as to exactly how the father um, had hit the son. There was bruising, um, and there was bruising uh, on parts of his body that uh, weren't his buttocks. So... The father said that I just gave him um, a smack, but mm. in the process he moved around and, and where I smacked him, uh, where I intended to smack him wasn't where I ended up smacking him. The son said that he assaulted him um, with his fist, that he punched him. Mm. So that was a dispute of fact. The um, trial court, very interesting, and, and, and we have to talk about the law for a moment because the trial court um, said that it believed the son, uh, but the Court of Appeal said the son was dishonest in one respect, but it didn't affect the outcome of the case for two reasons. Um, the first reason, very simply, was that the uh, assault, no matter how mild, still constituted an assault. So it didn't matter the nature, the degree, the place um, of the assault on the, on the person of the child. It was an assault nonetheless. I mean, we've all seen it, and I, we may have been through it as kids. We may have done it to our own children. You give them a little smack when they're screaming and yelping and making a noise or whatever – that is the problem. You can't do that. 
Well, Gary, absolutely yeah. right. And I'm going to qualify that a little bit later to yeah. some extent. Yeah. But I think for the purposes of understanding what the, the effect of the judgment is, you cannot physically discipline your child. Well, in effect, you can't touch your child. You can't give him, you cannot give him, you cannot I, chastise I, him in any way. I, I've, uh, I'll come back to that yeah. because I want to talk about the physical discipline. And the, and the point raised by the court on appeal is what is reasonable in relation to a child? Mm. Because what I regard as reasonable may not be what you regard as reasonable. Mm. What I regard as not sore might be very sore to you. So there is no way of determining what constitutes a reasonable amount of punishment to a child? What constitutes the severity of the smack? What constitutes the frequency of the smack? And the, the court unpacked it very simply as far as I can, I can see it. And the court said because there is no way of determining effectively what is reasonable against the child, and there's other considerations mm. as well, mm. um, it's better to simply say that you cannot physically discipline your child. And when you look at the reasoning of the court, it's 100%. It actually sets it out so easily and simply to understand that it is clear that you cannot any – from the, the date of that decision, you cannot physically discipline your child. Mark, let's talk about the, the, case, the case went on appeal. He was, he was found guilty in the lower court, and he got that postponed sentence. He took it on appeal, and there were, there were a number of parties that were joined in in this case that made representations to the court and we call them amicus curiae uh, one of them was the children's institute and then the quaker peace center got involved and then sonke Gen gender justice were there a, a very important party was freedom of religion south africa the first question to you is what is amicus curiae in legal terms and who can become one of those it means a friend of the court it's a latin term um Anyone can become an amicus curiae if they can convince the court that they have an interest in that particular subject matter and if they can add to the information given to the court to enable the court to make a decision. Yes. So uh, in these in these let, 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 Yeah, let's talk about the freedom of religion South Africa because they are the ones that oppose this very, very strongly. And they said their religion allows them the right to chastise their children. So the court approached freedom of religion South Africa from two points of view. They said, first of all, um, that the if if they'd raised a special um, issue of a constitutional nature based upon freedom of religion, then they may well have the judgment may have been slightly different mm -hmm. because there is a right to religious freedom in in the constitution yes, as well. Yes. However, I do want to stress that. Um, Children's rights, in terms of the Bill of Rights, in my view, are paramount mm. because they are the most vulnerable or one of the most vulnerable parts of society. And interesting enough, the court doesn't raise the issue of vulnerability, but it's implicit in the entire judgment. So children's rights, I think, would um, sit higher in the tree, so to speak, than that of a religious right because children are vulnerable. They are not capable of being responsible for nor looking after their own rights. Um, so the first point that the court raised was if it had been approached from a, a freedom of religion point of view, it may well have been different. And then what uh, freedom of religion South Africa argued was that this right arises out of the need to um, be responsible for the upbringing of a child. It's a right that is needed and necessary to ensure that a child becomes a functional member of society. 
And the court rejected that. They rejected it on the basis of statute. They rejected it on, so the Children's Act says you cannot assault a child. They rejected it on the basis of dignity, because a child has exactly the same rights as, of, as to dignity as we do, and to go and chastise a child is, is, is impugning their dignity. Mm-hmm. So the court very definitively turned around and said that as far as they're concerned, the religious arguments or the arguments of a religious body to allow physical discipline of a child were not um, they could not be upheld. I think the judge said it beautifully. She said, this is a case where I'm satisfied. It was a female judge, a woman judge, that it, I'm satisfied that it is permissible to require religious parents who believe in corporal punishment to be expected to obey the secular laws. Absolutely. That's Rather than permitting them to place their religious beliefs above the best interests of the children. And that goes to what I'm saying about the children's yes. rights being higher up the tree than those of religious rights. Because some, some, some religions, and we do have diversity and we have to acknowledge diversity, but some religions promote um, uh, different ways of raising a child, not necessarily just in terms of physical or other discipline. Mm. Um, and the, the, the court, it was two judges – very, very firmly said a child's rights are paramount, both in terms of legislation and in terms of um, the, the Constitution, the right to dignity, the right to be free from violence. They listed many, many different rights that mm. were infringed by the simple physical disciplining of a child, and they were 100% correct. There's a mom on Legal Talk South Africa. She says, generally, and I quote, mom knows best, spanking with the hand, yes, but with objects like a belt, no. She's got it wrong. Gary, yeah. I'm going to speak from personal experience for a moment. Um, my wife has never believed in physical discipline. I was not physically disciplined at home either. Mm. There have been occasions um, when I have disciplined my son. He's now several feet, several inches taller than me and <laughs> much bigger than me. Um, but it is so so easy to cross over that line between what is reasonable and losing one's temper and becoming uncontrollable or or imposing discipline in a manner um, that is not appropriate um, due to the circumstances. And what this decision has very simply done, it's taken the uncertainty out of the situation. There is no need to sit back and say, okay, is one spank good enough or two spanks good enough? Yeah. You cannot do it. Yes. And – in doing so, it is it, it, what it has done is it's clarified the legal position for parents, number one, and most importantly, it has established without doubt the legal rights of a child being exactly the same as an adult. The, you know what, Mark? There's, there's so many different kinds of punishment. I mean, ignoring your child. Instead of giving him a smack on his bum, which you can't do now, other parents are going to say, well, I think I'm just going to lock him in the room. I'm going to ignore him. Well, that's also covered in the Children's Act because the Children's Act forbids um, psychological or emotional means of disciplining a child that would be detrimental to the child's interests. Good point. So, yeah. so, so if one reads the Children's Act, and, and uh, we have to accept that it's a, it's a well-intentioned piece of legislation, but uh, practically speaking, it's got some very severe limitations just in terms of the ability of the state to implement it. I, I think, sorry, Mart, I think what's really important that we analyze right now is this is a judgment that comes out of the Johannesburg High Court. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily that someone outside of the jurisdiction of the Johannesburg Court is bound by this. What about a kid in Cape Town or Durban or wherever? Well, what's interesting, first, first of all, 
um, it's a high court decision, so it binds all magistrates. Yes. Courts. So yeah, it binds all magistrates' courts. Yeah. So, so if someone were to be charged with assault in any magistrates' court throughout the country, mm. the magistrates' court would be obliged to follow this decision. However, what this decision highlights, and I think this is the critical part, is the Children's Act makes it an offence to assault a child, and they've defined assault mm. in that decision as a as, smack. As a smack. Yeah. So it's a criminal offence. Absolutely. There's a there's a, a, a someone a member of Legal Talk SA, Alex. He says, I understand there are children that get abused, but seriously, every child needs a smack on the bum now and then to realise stuff is serious, and how mommy has had enough. I'm afraid that argument is is out the window. But that goes directly to what I've just said. Yes. When mommy is frustrated, yes. when mommy's had a long day, and I say this with the greatest of respect to mothers, I don't want to invite the wrath of all well-intentioned mothers. But when you're in that frame of mind, can you impose chastisement or a smack in a reasonable manner? Are you capable of saying that one smack is enough and determining how hard it should be. And that was exactly the point that the court made. The court mm. said it's so indeterminate that it's not fair or reasonable or rational to say that you can chastise a, chastise a child in certain circumstances but not others. It's placed an effective blanket ban on chastising your child, on physically disciplining your child. Lance, how do you feel about this? Well, for me, it's uh, it raises a lot of uh, emotions, but I think uh, what it really does, it just simply says that uh, children's rights actually have to be looked after, but more importantly, I think parents themselves need to be taught how to become better parents because some parents still have the old mentality that by actually um, sparing their rod, you are actually spoiling your child, and you may find that actually the other way, it should be the, uh, the case in, in, in a that psychologically you do affect your child's well-being going forward mm. because of the abuse. And we have seen some teachers actually using caning uh, to punish children. And you actually want to apply your own mind as an object, uh, as an observer to say, but that cannot be that you would be caning somebody with a shambok for so many uh, whips and think then it, it makes sense. So yeah. I, 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 following on from that, if you look at the specific facts of this decision, the father tried to argue that the hidings were legally justifiable. Mm. But on analysis, where there was bruising, it, it led the judges to ask the question, where do you draw the line? Mm. And perhaps that's the simplest way to put it. What is reasonable? What is unreasonable? And we, we have different standards. Yes. So in your culture, it may be okay to hit someone on their bum, in mm. mine, on his knees, whatever it may be. And and, yeah. and and it Who's might to be, know what's it, reasonable. Yeah, it might be acceptable to use a belt, or it might be acceptable to use a stick. But is it objectively um, acceptable? Is it reasonable? Is it lawful? And does it accord both with the Constitution and the Children's Act? And the judge's unequivocal decision was: it is unlawful. I'm not sure that everyone knows that getting uh, caned at school is also outlawed. And that was outlawed some years ago. Well, Gary, yeah. interesting enough, when this decision came out and, and uh, you drew my attention to it, I read it with some sense of in, in, incredibility because I thought that it was already illegal to physically chastise your child. Mm -hmm. As a result of the, the Children's Act and 
um, the various uh, directives. South African Schools Act prevents the, the, yeah. pre- preventing the, the caning of, of children. Mm. So to my mind, it was actually clear, and this was just a, a legal um, affirmation of what the legal – it was a court affirmation of what the legal situation already is. Mm. The Children's Act says you may not assault a child, and an assault – is when you apply force unlawfully to another person. That's it. And Mark, when we think back, I mean, it's in our in our time. We used to get six of the best. It was barbaric in those days. I remember as a kid, we used to wear a number of pairs of underpants in order to withstand the pain that we had to go through. I don't know what school you went to, but no, at, I, I went, at my school, we used to get it. I was on I, the East Rand. I, I went to a similar school, and unfortunately, prefects were also allowed to, to yeah. discipline by caning as well. There, so. was a, there was a school in Boxburg I used to play football against. And uh, when they lost the game and we used to beat them regularly, their kids came off the field and the teacher caned them in front of everyone. For losing. It's crazy. And I wonder how good a soccer players those children no, are today. We beat them. Yeah. And so we weren't great. So, so, so it, it achieved nothing. And I, I, Look, I think what's important for us to bear in mind as well is that we have far more information available to us today about the effects of a multitude of factors upon a child during their upbringing. And there's a lot of evidence that points towards, um, number one, that there is abuse, um, be it in the home, be it in the schools. And secondly, that that abuse has long-term consequences. It has long-term consequences, and we spoke about bullying on one particular program as well. It has long-term consequences uh, on that particular child, and it also creates a cycle that just continues to perpetuate itself as well. And the child struggles to understand um, what is what is reasonable force, what is lawful force, and what isn't. And that child, in turn, has some possibility of becoming um, physically abusive towards their child. Yes. So what this decision has done has clarified the situation. It's taken into account modern circumstances because 50 years ago we thought differently. The laws were different. It was different. But this decision has taken into account our constitution and it's taken into account current trends, current thinking, and it's unequivocal in its outcome. What happens if you witness a parent in the supermarket, wherever, the swimming pool, giving their child a smack on the bum? The Children's Act, which is different to our common law, obliges you to report it to a social worker. Hmm. It's it's as stringent as that. It's a very... You can't just sit back and say, well, it's not my business. It actually is a defense. So in our common law, we have no obligation to report a crime. There are various statutes that oblige us to report a crime. The Firearms Control Act is one of them, yeah. uh, where we know the existence of Sexual Offences Act is another sexual one. Sexual Offences and the Act. Children's yeah. Act. Yeah. So you, in turn, if you fail to report uh, an offence, uh, you, in turn, commit an offence. Brian, you've picked up something that you wanted to mention. Yeah, I mean, uh, this year, the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Education um, we saw the the video of a teacher actually uh, caning one of the pupils, but the video went so viral that everybody in the country was actually talking about it. And that also just shows you the highlight of what people can actually do under the influence of anger because the judgment is actually impaired. As a result, they actually act out of line or out of the boundaries of what is actually might be regarded as reasonable actions. So yeah. I think parents also need to take that into account before they actually do anything to their I, children. I, I think you put it as simply as it can be put, Lionel, you said that we need to learn how to be better parents. Yeah. That's really what the bottom line is. Yeah, absolutely. 
the thing right now is you can yell at your child softly, but just don't don't smack him and don't hit him. That's it. It's the way it is. That's the law. And whether you like it or not, whether it's your religious belief or not, you've got to abide by the law of the country, right, Mark? Absolutely. And mm. uh, again, as I said a little bit earlier, we must acknowledge and accept and understand that children are one of the most vulnerable groups of society. And that is why they have, they deserve and must be protected. Sure. If you're interested, please go to S-A-F-L-I-I. It's called SAFLI. S-A-F-L-I-I. Uh, Google that and then type in YG. YG for Gary versus S, which is S for state. The judgment is there for you. The judgment is YG versus the state, Johannesburg High Court. If you Google it, you can pick it up. Have a look at the judgment. Read it. It's it's extremely well written and very interesting. And this is what's going to bind us forever. If I may just add quickly, Gary, um, this is a, a, a two-judge decision of a criminal appeal. So on the one hand, it's quite authoritative. Um, but on the other hand, don't be too surprised if one of the parties decides to take it to, to the, the constitutional court. Yeah, court. Yeah. And I think probably um, with good in, intent, um, yeah. because uh, as you pointed out, that uh, although it's a high court decision and it binds magistrates' courts, it may not um, have the effect uh, that we want it to have throughout the country until it goes to the constitutional court. Mm. We need a proper final announcement uh, on this by the Constitutional Court saying it's unlawful to chase. I, it is, it's a correct decision. Let me put it this way. It is a correct decision. The Constitutional Court will bind is, the whole country is often used to confirm, and that's mm. the specific word in, 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 in the act. Yes. Uh, to, the Constitutional Court is used to confirm an already existing decision. And I think that is in all probability um, what will happen? You've been listening to two and a half lawyers. Lionel's half a lawyer. He's writing his law exams at the moment. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I'm Gary Hertzberg and Martin Hood. It's been a great discussion and uh, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for this, Martin. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate what the courts have done. I really do. I think ultimately this is the way for our children it has to be. Yeah, cool. Until next time, uh, cheers. Thank you. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.